Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. I'm so uh, excited about today's message. Uh, today is going to be quite different from our typical Sunday morning messages because uh, we're, we're going into the new year, and I'm ending this series, Live It. And I wanted to share a little bit about the future of where we're headed as a church. But even if you're not part of Life Fellowship, I think this message will be relevant to you as well. We are living in a time where the world needs to see solid believers standing up for their beliefs and living it out. And uh, if you've missed any of this series, Live It, I encourage you to go back and check this out. It's, it's really, uh, we've been going through the book of James. I love the book of James. James is so practical in teaching us how to apply the Word of God and live the abundant life Jesus came to give us and how we can grow and become mature believers. There will be a congregational meeting immediately following the service this morning, so I hope that all of you will be able to stay for that. Um, let's uh, live it means let's take all of God's word and apply it to our lives and live out what we say we believe as Christians. And that's what we've been talking about over the last number of weeks. Actually, that's what we talk about on a regular basis. We've actually trademarked the phrase live it, and that means this. Let's live what we say we believe or shut up because nobody wants to hear it. <laughs> All right. So we're finishing in this series, um, and our core scripture has been James 1.22. This is a great scripture for you to memorize if you haven't memorized it already. Don't just listen to God's word. Don't just listen to it, but you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. And I know that as we go through life, this is a great scripture to remind us when we have situations where like, well, should we do this or is this compromise, is this integrity, is this lack of integrity, we can go back to the scripture and say, hmm, what does the word of God say? And that is our standard and that will help keep us on track. Um, the city of Corinth had many pagan temples and many people worshipped many gods and idols. And uh, in 2 Corinthians 6.16, Paul is writing to the early church there, and he says, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? Because uh, a lot of people didn't understand uh, who God was. They didn't have a relationship with him. And then some that did were vacillating between worshiping pagan gods and trying to worship the one true God. And so Paul is saying, what union can there be? This is like trying to mix oil and water. It, it doesn't mix. And uh, he goes on to write, For we are the temple of the living God. Paul quotes, uh, after this, he quotes from Leviticus 26.12, Jeremiah 32.38, and Ezekiel 30.27. And he says, as God said, I will live in them and walk among them, I will be their God and they will be my people. When we understand that we are the temple of the living God and that the Holy Spirit resides in us, we wouldn't take cow manure, hopefully, and throw it into the, the sanctuary of the church, but yet do we allow that kind of stuff in our own lives? Understanding that we are the temple of God. 
And that God wants to do and is doing amazing things through those of us who will yield to him and allow him to do this work and this process in our hearts and lives. Because he wants to, he wants to be glorified in this earth. He wants to come down and demonstrate his love and his power and anointing. He's equipped and, and expectant of us to take his word and to live this thing out. He's expecting us to be the salt and light of the earth. He's expecting us to be the hands and feet of Jesus that will go and lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. Raise people from the dead. That's the expectation. That should not be the exception, but that should be the power that's flowing through our lives. We have the same mighty power of Christ living in us that raised him from the dead. Are we living like this? Are we acting like this? Is, are the results of our life uh, consistent with his word and the power that he's allocated to us? We are the temple of God. God's Holy Spirit is residing in us. Are we walking worthy of the calling that he's placed upon our lives? And as you know, if you've been coming here, I'm not talking about living a perfect life. None of us are perfect. All of us stumble and fall. But we shouldn't be continually stumbling and falling in the same areas. That may be a bondage in our life that we need to be released from, that we need to be healed from. If you've been struggling with something for a decade, that's a, a stronghold and a bondage in your life. And so God, Jesus came to set us free. So even though we are the temple of God, we still need a place to meet as a church to train and equip believers that we can come together and fellowship and uh, that we can utilize for life groups and, and classrooms and things like that. And, and I'm so thankful for the Rubikis opening up their home here for us to meet. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. As we prepare to build our permanent home, uh, the, the temple was built by Solomon, and it was ornate and beautiful. And we want to build a church building that honors God to the best of our ability. We are the temple, and the, the building that we build is, is where we meet, and so the presence of God will be there. And uh, we want to make sure that we have a, a facility that honors the Lord. When in, in January of 2019... The Lord spoke to me and gave me a word for us. And the word was, we're in a reset. And we knew that we were. Um, we were in the process of moving out of the building that we had been in for a number of years. And uh, the Lord opened up through the Rubikis this beautiful venue for us to meet in. And then in May of 2020, the Lord gave us another word. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. And I was thinking about these two words, and I was thinking they were very uh, informational for us. We're in a reset. So when we were going through the transition out of our other building and all the things that were going on, the Lord was telling us, he was giving us insight and instruction that we were in a reset. In other words, it's okay. I see what's going on. You're just in a reset. What is a reset? Kind of where you come back to where you, you, maybe you've drifted off a little bit or you've got off center. You need some recalibration. And so you hit the reset button 
And so I think that's what the Lord was doing, not just for Life Fellowship Ministries International, but for the body of Christ. And then in 2020, the Lord said, the world as we know it will soon come to an end. And this was a couple of weeks before the George Floyd incident. And, and as we've seen, things have continued, in my opinion, to deteriorate. But that's a great opportunity for God to do some amazing things. When the world is in chaos and, and in craziness, the standard that we have is Christ, not the culture, not the world, not what, what's going on around us. And then May of this year, the, the word the Lord gave to us was prepare. And so although it was informational, it was also instructional that we are to prepare. And so we've been talking about this over the past few months. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for our lives? What does that mean for our families? What does that mean for this church? What does that mean for the body of Christ? What, is, what does that mean for America? What does that mean for the, for the world? But we as Christians, we have insight. The Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. The Lord is not some kind of uh, magic uh, potion or... Uh, some kind of crystal ball or any of that. But he wants to guide and lead us as his children. We are his children. We are his prized possession. We are his representatives. We are representing Christ and the Lord to the world. And so we have a responsibility, I think, to do that and to do that well. And I'm not talking about performing. I'm talking about yielding to the Lord and allowing him to do this work in our hearts and lives. So today I want to talk about the, uh, the process of where we are as a church and where we're going as we move into 2022. Wow, that sounds awkward, doesn't it? 2022, my goodness. And to think that Christmas is a couple of weeks away, oh my. In 2015, I began seriously looking around for some property for the church to purchase. And I don't know about you, but have you ever tried to help God out? It's like, Lord, look along 96 corridor. The, uh, the land is getting more expensive, Lord. I'm, I'm trying to save us some money here. I'm trying to save your money. I'm trying to be good stewards as we always are. And, Lord, the price of land keeps growing up. And it's like there was like silence. I mean, I think the Lord is saying, uh, hello, you think I don't know that? <laughs> you think I don't kind of have this under control, Mark? And so, uh, anyway, it, it's kind of like I've heard people say things like, Lord, if you let me marry this person, I will come back and I will serve you with fervor. And, and yeah, that doesn't happen, you know, because where's our heart? If we're waiting for something to happen to begin to serve God or yield to him as Christians, uh, it would be like somebody saying, well, Lord, if you give me this raise, if you give me this huge raise and promotion, I'll begin to tithe and I'll give offerings. Listen, if you're not giving offerings of what you have now, when you get this huge raise, you're probably not going to do that as well. And so many times I think we try to uh, manipulate the Lord into what we really want and say, well, Lord, if you do this, then I'm going to do it. You know, listen, he doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our advice our counsel, our, our real estate uh, perspective on what's happening in the community. He's God of all. He is all-powerful. And when we come to this understanding of realizing 
that he can open doors where there is no door. He can shut doors that are wide open that we can't seem to close because the winds of, and, and the storms of change and, co- and, and, and confusion are trying to pull the door open. He can close those things and seal them. And so then in, in 2019 into 2020, the landlord of our previous building, many of you know this, decided to raise our rent by 60%. Six zero percent, and we were kind of going back and forth and trying to work things out. But clearly, the Lord was pushing us out of where we are. Now, I've been praying. I've been saying, Lord, we've been looking for a building and some land for a long time. And He's saying, He was saying to us, and He's saying to us now, it's a walk of faith. Faith is not knowing where you're necessarily going or how God's going to work it out but trusting Him. And walking in faith is not always an easy thing. It's not always the path of least resistance. In fact, sometimes when you're walking in faith and you're following after the Lord, you will come up against some some opposition. And so in in 2019 and 20, we were were praying and, and seeking the Lord, and the Lord opened up this beautiful venue for us. And uh, we're going to show, I brought it, this is a 100% all-American bamboo. I didn't buy it on Amazon, I I found it somewhere. Okay, so uh, anyway, we're going to show you some pictures of the layout of 2020, where we were at before. This was our building, and when we got there, it did not look anything like that, I promise you. And uh, so this is, is, is where we were. So I'm showing you some of this. Uh, those pictures may be a little dark, but uh, that, that's how it looked when we... Can you go back to that one? That's how it looked when we first moved in. In fact, they didn't have a screen like that. They had TVs on the wall. And uh, anyway, you can go to the next one. And uh, that's just some, some more pictures that are hard to see. Uh, that was probably our first Christmas there. And uh, there's some people. <laughs> uh, that was our, our platform. And by the way, we call it a platform, not a, not a stage, because a stage is a place of entertainment. A platform is a place of influence. And so that's an example of what, what it looked like. Uh, I'll be so glad to get into our next venue where I don't have these bright lights like this high shining right in my face. I would like, watch myself. Um, I watch every sermon. Sometimes it's really painful. So I, I feel for you guys. No, uh, but I, I wondered why am I always kind of grimacing? It's because I have these bright lights shining in my eyes. So uh, anyway, uh, but we were blessed to be there. That was the cafe. We had the wall of love over here with all the crosses that many of you bought, brought. Then we had the, the, the wall of law over here, which was the Ten Commandments. And... Uh, you know, so we did what we could with what we had to work with. And uh, that was uh, part of the children's ministry there. More children's ministry. I know these pictures are kind of dark. Uh, nursery nursery uh, classroom area there.
Almost a youth room. More children's ministry classrooms there. To give you an idea of what, what we did with uh, the other building that we were in, um, this new building will look a lot different. There's our storage unit, <laughs> storage area. We had a lot of stuff in storage. The, uh, uh, um, special ops, I've forgotten what they call it. Special ops would change the decor in the cafe area every, every month and uh, the platform area and stuff like that. So that kind of gives you an idea of, where we came from, and uh, we looked at three different buildings, and the Lord closed all of those doors. And, uh, and then in, in May of, uh, I mean in uh, March of 2020, Dan and City graciously opened up their venue here for us to meet at. We met here for a couple of weeks, then COVID hit, then we took the tech arts stuff to our home, and our uh, kitchen and dining area became a, a TV studio for about eight weeks, and we were recording the messages there. And then after eight weeks, we moved back here. And uh, during the process, I was praying, and I was, I was thinking about the buildings that we had looked at that had closed. And uh, I had this idea that maybe we should look for some land with a house on it and maybe start there and just kind of start afresh. And so... Later in July of uh, 2020, we began to look. I, I mentioned to our realtor what we were looking for, and in uh, July, he found us a property that we purchased in September. Uh, the, the price of the property had just been reduced by 25%. And uh, as I was praying about it, I really felt like the Lord said to me, if you don't buy this property, you're going to regret it. And so we totally stepped out in faith. We, we didn't know um, all of the, the blessings that were going to come with this property. And I think, actually, I, I think the, because they had just lowered the price, I, I, I don't know, it just seemed like the, the realtor didn't really want, was trying to make it hard on us to get the property. Maybe that was just the enemy. I don't know. But uh, while, while trying to purchase the property, Hurricane Laura had uh, caused a moratorium on the insurance, and the selling realtor said that he would not extend the contract, and the bank would not fund the loan without insurance on the home, which wasn't worth a whole lot, but we couldn't get insurance. And so we were stuck for about 72 hours. It was pretty stressful for me, but because we, I mean, the powers that be that... Uh, uh, put moratoriums on insurance. I mean, it's like a state or federal thing. I don't know who mandates that. But we could not get insurance. And so I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I have done every single thing I can. There's nothing else I can do. If you want us to have this property, you're just going to have to work it out. And so he did. The insurance moratorium was lifted like the day before we had to close on the property. And so we were able to close on the property. And this was a, a, a fast transaction. I mean, we closed in 41 days. They would not give us any grace period. We wanted to have more time to inspect the property, inspect the house, things like that. And they wouldn't yield. Um, whenever 
the next slide is whenever pushing back the kingdom of darkness and expanding the kingdom of God, you might expect some resistance. We know that we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness in the heavenly places. And uh, so there is a war going on around us. And I think whenever we are pushing back the kingdom of darkness, whenever we are bringing the kingdom of God and the kingdom of light into an area, we can probably expect that there's going to be some opposition to that, especially if there's been strongholds in that area for maybe centuries, maybe hundreds, thousands of years. And so it's a battle. And, uh, but we know that God will prevail. And I, I want to take a minute and, and thank Jim. He's, he's been helping me on this project and doing a great job of, uh, as a project manager. So thank you, Jim, for all your help. Um, so, so now I'd like to show some pictures, some drone footage of the entire property that we purchased. Uh, so it, it's basically from here all the way across here. It goes up and makes a kind of a square up there and comes back down. And so that's uh, a little bit of footage there. And this is the, a shed back there that we may tear down. Uh, it's kind of the area where we're thinking about maybe building the church. And you'll see here uh, eventually that some of these trees and things, trash trees, have been taken down. But our property goes all the way back to this ditch area back there that runs all the way from FM 3436 all the way over to Gum Bayou. And there's a, another view. hope I'm not blocking you guys. So anyway, it's... Uh, it's got 650 feet of frontage along 517 there. So it's really a beautiful property. And the good thing is we're not going to have to clear out a lot of stuff. And we want to have like a prayer walk through there. We want to have a prayer garden. Uh, obviously, we want to have some buildings for the, the church and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. And this is uh, the survey here uh, showing everything. Um, let's see. That's a, a picture of the house, and uh, it was a beautiful house. We wanted to try to preserve it and utilize it, and those pictures are good pictures of it. It, it, has some, uh, it had some damage, has some damage. But these are some areas here that, uh, I mean, that's, that's the garage. Um, so anyway, uh, it, it's a 93-year-old house. It, it had some uh, termite damage, and it had some wood rot and things like that. And we wanted to convert the house into a sanctuary. And as we looked at the cost of that, uh, it was going to be fairly expensive, probably eighty dollars or $100,000 or more to restore, to rewire, replumb, repair. The uh, electrical was Federal Pacific, I think, and that was outlawed in 1983. It had some of the original wiring from 1927 in it. So, and when we looked at it from the standpoint of trying to make that a sanctuary, use that as a sanctuary, one, it was extremely expensive. Two, it was too small. It just wasn't going to work, and it didn't make a lot of sense to put that kind of money into something that wasn't going to work for us. Um, there's some pictures of Lee here. This is, uh, that looks like Cliff there. <laughs> so there's, there's some, uh, we were doing some work out there. 
cleaning up some of that area. And uh, we had a work day out there. There's Henry. Hey, what's up, Henry? LSU, yeah. Um, we've got an old tractor there. So these were just some of the initial cleanup that we began back in uh, uh, probably about a year ago, trying to clean this, this area up. Do you have the, uh, the bee removal? Okay. We had, uh, yeah. Can you pause that for a moment? Uh, we had uh, a family of bees <laughs> that lived up there, and some of you have heard the story. Uh, we called a bee removal guy, and uh, he got there, and, and I told Noe, I said, I think we ought to get some video of this. I just have this feeling that this is going to be some good footage. And when the guy got there, I said, now what we want to do is we want to see you running across the yard with a you know, a swarm of bees chasing you. And I was joking. I was joking. Seriously, I was joking. But do you ever have, just kind of have this feeling like something told you, like the Holy Spirit is speaking to you? So anyway, uh, this guy shows up to remove the bees, and uh, we're going to run this little video here. He, he, he initially is doing his little thing. He doesn't have, notice he doesn't have on a bee suit or anything, and he's kind of jumping around, and he's like, oh, no. And then, and then next thing you know, he takes off, running across. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, we, we had some fun with that. <laughs> I don't know if you can see the bees swarming around. They were not happy, and uh, he probably wasn't very happy either after that. Uh, so we've had, we've had some fun. Uh, so plan A was to convert the, the house into a sanctuary, a church. That, that wasn't really going to work. So we really wanted to try to restore the house. And so we thought, well, we can convert it into classrooms and offices. But again, it's still $80,000, $100,000 or more. Uh, and although it would make nice classrooms and offices, we need a church building. We need a sanctuary. And so... Um, then we, and these are some of the pictures of inside the house. I mean, there was a, it was a beautiful home. Uh, the hardwood floors throughout, and, um, and, and consequently, it's been moved off, and, and the people that bought it are going to restore it. That was the garage. Uh, so it, it's a beautiful home, but it, it was just wasn't practical for us to convert. And uh, so then the third, the third idea was that maybe we still try to restore the home and, and have it for usable space. But again, it goes back to this money thing, $80,000, $100,000 to re restore something when we really need a, a new building. And then we had uh, found a guy named Zach, and, and I was telling him that we were going to cut down a bunch of the trees. The, there's a lot of oaks, pecans, pine trees beautiful trees, some cypress trees and things like that. But there were also a lot of trash trees, tallow trees and uh, shrub brush and things like that that we wanted to take down. And uh, he was out there doing some work and uh, mowing the lot. And he said, well, I've got a, a bulldozer. He said, I can take down those trees. 
I'm like, well, I don't know about that. I mean, he said, no, listen, if I take down the tree, I can take, pull out the root, or the majority of the root, and, and all of that, and it would be a lot better than going out there and cutting 50, 60 trees with a chainsaw, and then you've got, you still have the stump. And I said, well, what about the hole that it's going to leave? He said, I'll, I'll backfill that. And so anyway, uh, I don't know if we have some video of that. He was... Uh, Taking down some of the, again, these were not the, we didn't take down, well, he may have had to take down a couple of oak trees, but for the most part, it was just tallow trees and things like that that we were probably going to remove anyway. And he did a, a fantastic job and really gave us a good, good price of taking all those down. And then he also had a, uh, a guy come and help him and with a chainsaw, and he cut a lot of those limbs up so we don't have a brush pile that's 20 feet long. Uh, so he was, he did an amazing job. He, he also mows our, uh, the lot there and, and does a really good job. But uh, when we get ready to proceed forward, uh, he can help us with a lot of the dirt work. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, he took down a bunch of uh, brush and trees and stuff that were, you know, the property just hadn't been maintained in a long time. The house hadn't, and the yard hadn't, and so uh, a guy kind of has every man's dream job, get to tear stuff up, you know. <laughs> Did any of you guys ever have Tonka toys? I mean, hey, this is a real Tonka toy here, you know. So anyway, uh, we were in, in, in the midst of trying to figure out what we're going to do with the house and all of that. We were also doing some work on the, on the yard where uh, uh, we're when we were considering options for the house. And so we probably removed, I don't know how many, I would guess 50 or more trash trees and, and shrubs and things like that. Um, on January 8th of this year, we signed a contract to have a company move the home off the property. And the deal was is that they would move the home off, they would clean everything up, tear down the garage, and, and it wouldn't cost us anything because we just didn't have the resources to do all that. And uh, in addition to removing the house, tearing down the garage, uh, storage sheds, and removing the asphalt driveway so that we could make that more of a, a grassy area and just clean everything up. And so they're in the process of doing that. Uh, and, and here's some pictures of the house being moved. Uh, again, some drone footage. And, and you'll notice on this footage that there's these piles these are all piles that uh, Zach took down from the trees he took down. He, he took down a line of trees there and uh, just really helped clean it up. But also they were uh, in the process of preparing the house and to get it off the property. There's the ditch behind us. I don't know if you saw that. But uh, that was the house was coming from here. We were going to go this direction, but... It was going to require us to take down some big limbs off some of the oak trees that we really didn't want to do. And so we came this direction, and we took down, we had to take down three tallow trees, which we would have probably taken down anyway. And we had to take down an oak tree, which we didn't want to, but it was better to take down this oak tree than to have to trim all these, these big limbs off these wonderful, beautiful oak trees here. And the other thing is, as we build a building, this can become a driveway maybe that we can get up through the, the more of the central uh, part of the property. So uh, there's another picture of it there. It was amazing. They cut the house in half. They literally cut it in half. 
And there they are moving it down, uh, down the road. I don't think we have the video, but I was like, do this. And he was blowing the horn as he was driving by. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they, uh, they were able to get the house moved. Oh, look at this. Check this out, guys. I mean, he had this garage torn down in literally less than five minutes. He pulled that thing up there, and I thought, hmm, I wonder if he's going to start knocking it down. And I was expecting, you know, a little thing. I mean, he just pushing that thing all the way through the roof and knocked it down. And, uh, again, uh, that, that's a man's dream job right there. So all of this, uh, there's a water feature there that, of course, we're going to keep. And then he removed all this asphalt here. And uh, we, we left a slab for the garage that we can utilize. And we go out here and pray, uh, I think you guys know, every Wednesday from 10 to 11. And so now we'll have a, 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 a concrete slab that we can pray on. And we, we're considering maybe putting an uh, awning or covering over that area as well. So there was a lot of work um, that really began in January, so it took 10 or 11 months to get the house moved off. It was a laborious exercise of patient building, patience building. But anyway, the house is gone now, and the garage is knocked down, and they're cleaning up the area. And uh, did you have some more pictures of where the potential... Yeah, this is... Uh, where the house was, there was a driveway here and here and, well, there going into the house. And, and our thought is that we would put the church maybe up in this area. It is so very loud. I think the, the cars, when, they, when they're at this light right here, I think the goal is to be hitting 100 miles an hour by the time they get here. <laughs> and see how much noise they can make, too, you know. So it's really kind of noisy there, but this is a preliminary uh, sketch that was made. I, I don't, they... They had phase one over here, which would be the first part of the church, but I don't like it over here next to these storage units, and so we're thinking that the first building may be actually back more over here. Uh, and so, you know, some of this will be uh, revised. But anyway, that kind of gives you an idea of what we could do. And uh, we also have, oops, we also have, uh, can you put that back up? We also have an easement here at the top that we may be able to come from 34, 36. And so we can maybe have easement coming in this way and also egress from 517. So anyway, that's just a, a, an idea. Um, there's city waters 300 feet away. Um, can you put that back up? That, that last slide, I'm sorry. Well, I can't really see it. But anyway, there's water over here, and if we want to run city water, it's like 300 feet, and uh, there we go. The water is like right here, kind of in that corner, and uh, so that would be like uh, $100 a linear foot for the city to run that, so that's $30,000, but those are the kinds of things that we're talking about. There's no sewage on the property. Uh, we'd have to put in a septic tank system and things like that. And, uh, but if you, like, if you like going to the bathroom in the wild, if you like being free, we may be able to <laughs> fix you up here. You can be liberated, you know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that was there on the property when we bought it. I wasn't really sure why it was there, but, uh, you know, it was there. 
Um, can you show uh, pictures of the ditch behind our property, I think? Uh, oh, yeah, there it is. So this is behind our property here, and you, there's a ditch that runs across there, which could be important for drainage for us, that we would maybe uh, not have to put in as big of a detention pond. We used to joke about uh, uh, people would say, in, put in, you know, they have a detention pond, and we're like, oh, is that for the people that get in trouble? You throw them in the detention pond? But, and I didn't realize it was a real term. There's detention and retention. Detention is basically a ditch, and you've seen it around here where it's a, an area that is supposed to be for drainage, but it doesn't hold water. It drains. As opposed to this beautiful pond, this would be considered a retention pond because it's retaining water. And so those are the differences that I didn't know about until I started this project. But anyway, we're in the process of investigating all the infrastructure and the scope of requirements uh, and the cost of that. And, and part of the reason that, uh, that I'm doing this on a Sunday morning is that there are people that are watching online that are part of this church but, but can't be here for whatever reasons. Or maybe there's somebody that's watching that has a few million dollars they want to invest into the kingdom. Uh, you know, that would be awesome too. Uh, and then we're, we're also trying to get electricity on the property. And so we've had, uh, because when they moved the house, they obviously had to disconnect the electricity, right? And so we had uh, another pole put in, and that's going to help us uh, help to facilitate putting some lights in that area where the house was that we're considering maybe uh, trying to convert to a prayer garden or a place where we can kind of just go and, and gather um, so prayer is really the key, and again, we pray every, every Wednesday morning, unless it's stormy weather or something like that, we pray every Wednesday from 10 to 11, and uh, last week and this, uh, last week I printed out some prayer lists, and you guys can join us, take one with you, and you can join us on Wednesdays, or you can pray throughout the week, whatever, and we're praying for like uh, 11 or 12 different items specifically. And so uh, we'd appreciate you joining us in prayer whenever you can. And then the house, where the house was, we're considering, uh, oh, there, there, there it is now that they've got the house removed. Now, this was obviously before they got everything cleaned up, and uh, the majority of that is, is now gone. And... Uh, yeah, and that's the same thing. The house was was here, and that storage shed is gone. There was another storage shed back there. But um, that's kind of what it's looking like. And so we have this beautiful canopy of trees right here, and we thought it would be great to have a, and we're talking about this area right here, great to have a prayer garden there. And then that, can you go back? Uh, this was their initial, uh, an architect's initial idea. And again, he has the, the, the building over here by these storage units. I, I don't really like it there. Uh, it's not a good view. And we, we, there's no reason we can't get the building further back, right off of, uh, get it right off of 517, the drag strip there. Um, and you want to go to the next one? Uh, this is, um, when I started thinking about what do we need, I, I drew up some drawings, and then I submitted them to a, a company, and uh, they basically took took the idea and, and made it look a little more professional. And uh, so 
this is just an idea. We're, we're still working on it, but we would want to have like a cafe area, uh, an area where people could gather, uh, some indoor bathrooms for those of you that would prefer indoor <laughs> bathrooms. And then we could also have some classrooms and a sanctuary. And again, this is all preliminary. Nothing is in stone, but just some ideas of, of what we're thinking about. Um, so we're praying about the size of the building. I mean, that, that's really, once we find out uh, how much the infrastructure is going to cost, the drainage and septic tank system, if we have to put that in, water, all of that, then that gives us a basis on uh, how much that's going to cost. And then we'll continue to pray about the building. The building is really, there are two, two things that we need regarding the building. We need to know what the Lord is saying. And then we need to, to design the building according to what we want to build. Uh, the pri- priorities right now are uh, get the property cleaned up, which they're in the process of doing. Determine the scope and the cost of the drainage. Uh, we have those burn piles that, that you saw earlier, and we're going to, uh, Jim is working on getting permits to get those things burned. And then we need to just determine all the infrastructure needs um, as we continue to pray about a, a prayer garden and where that would be. Uh, determine all those costs, determine the building size, determine the scope and the cost of the building and everything. Um, and I know that. Back in 19, I guess it was 2019, when we began this, this journey of not knowing where we were going to land, we, we launched the Give, Go, Grow building fund, and we kind of put that on hold, uh, and, and I've kind of put that on hold until we had a little more information, but I'd like to relaunch that. I know that many of you have given, but we are building for the future, and as, as we sang about today, I, I really love the worship set. Uh, because God is wanting to do some things in the earth, and God is giving us a, a tremendous opportunity to, with this property to reach uh, the community around us, not just where we are now, but expand that to the Dickinson area. And we're in an uh, area that there is tremendous growth going on. There's a brand-new junior high just down the street from where we are, and there's a high school and an elementary, I think, down the street. And eventually, there will be thousands of houses built in that area. And uh, the Lord has truly blessed us with this property. Uh, less than a year after we purchased, much of the, the, uh, the properties have gone up in price. In fact, one, one property that's 2.4 acres has doubled in price. And, uh, and it, it was already, well, it's about six times as expensive as our property was, and it's much smaller. And, uh, and one, one piece has doubled in price. So I know that God directed us at this time to purchase this property. And uh, um, so in January, I've talked about this before, trying to prepare you. We're going to start a 21-day fast. And I'll talk a little bit more about this later. I'm not expecting everyone to fast for 21 days but I am expecting everyone, that if you're part of this church, to take some time and fast and pray. And that means to not just not eat, but to spend time with the Lord. Listen, if we can fast for 12 hours because we've got to go to a doctor's appointment, we can fast for 12 hours and seek the Lord. We can fast and pray. I'm not going to tell you what you need to fast, but I am going to ask you 
to fast and pray during the season. And part of what we're going to do, be praying about is the Lord's wisdom for this project and where he's taking us. Again, the word of the Lord in May of this year was prepare, prepare. And so uh, that's not only informational, it's instructional as well. And I think the Lord is saying, prepare. And what we've seen in 2019 when he said we were in a reset, we were definitely in a reset in 2020. The world as we know it will soon come to an end. I think clearly we've seen that the world as we know it is not the same as it was. I don't think that we'll ever go back to normal as it was. Uh, and then the Lord said, prepare. And so I think that's, that's relevant to us on a number of different levels. We need to prepare our heart. We need to uh, make sure that we're yielding to the Lord and uh, allowing Him to do this work in our hearts. I think part of it is preparing this property for this building um, and preparing not only for the building but for the growth that will come and the opportunities that will be there for us to minister to the community and the people, not only the people in this area, not only the people that we're already influencing, but to expand. And so we want to seek the Lord about this. And, and again, I encourage you to join us in prayer every Wednesday from 10 to 11. If you can't physically be there, take one of the lists, and maybe on your break or maybe during lunch you can begin to, to pray, and, and throughout the week, certainly. Um, so pick one of those prayer lists up as you go out the door. In closing, I want to share 1 Thessalonians 5, 16-18. Always be joyful. I know that that is not always an easy thing to do, but I think with the Lord, we can be joyful. I think that, in fact, let me, let me say it this way, that is the only way we can always be joyful because of, of, of life and, and the culture around us. And then verse 17 is another great scripture to memorize, and it's only three words. Never stop praying. Pray all the time. Pray without ceasing. Pray. And then uh, verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So we are to be thankful, and that's one of the the powerful things about when we come together on Sunday morning and we're singing praise and worship, we're not just singing songs. We're giving thanks and adoration. And so we need to be thanking the Lord and praising him throughout the day, throughout our life. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or maybe you did at one point in time and, and you've walked away. If that's you, would you slip up your hand and catch my eye? Anybody here? There's no shame in that. Maybe you're watching online and you would say, that's me. I, I really need Jesus in my heart. I need him in my life. I had him at one point in time. I had a relationship with him, but I've walked away. Or Maybe you've never had a relationship with him. Today is your day. Just pray this prayer. Just say, dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I receive you. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And I thank you that today is a new beginning, a fresh start for me, that all that old stuff is gone. It's like a whiteboard that's been wiped clean. And I thank you for this. I receive you now in my life. And I thank you, Jesus, for the transformation that you're doing now, starting right now, and that will continue. Help me to yield to you. In Jesus' name I pray.
I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord God, I pray for the fire and the power, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to wash over them, that as they pray, they would hear your small, still voice speaking to their hearts. As they read your word, your word would come alive to them. And that you would touch the broken places in their lives, touch the broken, painful places in our lives, Lord God, and bring health and healing and wholeness to us, that we may live the abundant life that Jesus came to give. And so we ask these things with great expectation because your word says that you can do and you will do and you are doing exceedingly, exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or even think. And so, Lord, we pray this prayer with great expectation in Jesus' name.